You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. You don't know about the, the other side of the pyramid? The fifth side? It's called the floor, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure he realizes there is a fifth side of the pyramid. And I believe none of them, which makes me an expert. Welcome, everyone, to our new show with a new title, uh, The Cryptid Conspiracy Cult. I'm your host, Chris Morrison, and sitting across from me is Quinn Riley. Nice to have you back, Quinn. Always a pleasure to be back. And I'm glad that we can able we actually found a name for this show. Yeah. Nice little, nice little uh, done-up thing. Thanks to Alex Stiff of Something Good For You. Good alliteration. <laughs> and, uh, and we were surprised it wasn't taken. <laughs> yeah, I'm shocked too. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> it's like it's just like the triple C, you know. All C, no P. All C, no P. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so we got that set up now. If you're in the Discord, we now have a sub uh, Discord in there for everything you want to look at and ask us questions. Um, today, we will be discussing uh, probably the biggest conspiracy uh in the modern day. In the modern day, yes. Uh, we briefly talked about it on our first episode. We're just going to be doing a deeper dive into the September 11th, not 11 attacks. Dun, dun, dun. dun. <laughs> so, uh, going, going back to you know our last episode, uh, Quinn, you said you lived in uh, New York yes. during the time. Yes, I did. I was actually in kindergarten. That's kind of dating myself, but I was in kindergarten at the time, um, and it was just a normal tuesday that's that's the fucked up thing it's like you know any other story that you'll ever hear of tragedy it's always a normal day during the week but it was a normal tuesday uh got to school at like 8 30 started you know class at nine o'clock in the morning everybody's just talking playing blah 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 kindergarten class yeah. next thing you know about 9 30 10 o'clock all these parents slowly start rushing in and kids are slowly being taken out of classes not just ours but all the different classrooms throughout our hallway so how the classroom is i can look straight down and just see like long probably about 200 foot hallway with about eight different classrooms and just just people constantly coming out just a corridor oh yeah long corridor yeah we um we stayed in school for the entire time uh for the entire day um i can't remember if we went back the next day or not um but yeah, I was in sixth grade when it happened. Um, like I had said on the original podcast, uh, our first intro to conspiracy was, um, that's when I learned about the word terrorism from a teacher, not from the news, uh, because she lived in North Ireland. Um, oh, yeah. She was Irish. And she had a lot of things to say about certain people <laughs> that she was trying to like, like keep to herself. But there's the some Catholics. things. But like when we're talking about War One, she's just talking shit about the Russians and the Britain, the uh. British people, and why good thing these countries aren't countries no more kind of <laughs> yeah she had that kind of railing around that time because uh we started school at eight fifteen, um and it wasn't probably it was right before nine o'clock before the, the intercom came on everybody turn your fucking t- t- tvs on we're not changing classes or anything today wow you'll be hosting your class for the rest of the day and wow. you know that's when you know 
fifth or sixth grade is when you start, you know, going out of your classroom and going into other classrooms. Yeah, so, you know, going to see your friends, all that fun stuff. Well, not just that, but it's just like, oh, you're going to this, this oh. room for English, you're going to this room for, you know, yeah. math. Uh, see, I was it, behind the game when I was in sixth grade. I stayed in one class and was like, oh, shit, I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> but uh, going into it, um, there are quite, quite a few conspiracy theories on here. I'll just go on, we're just be going through the top, uh, top ones that we all know and love. Okay. Um, Alex um, had had some knowledge of this he had done some research but um i just went back through my research this morning um have you ever heard of alicia head it sounds on the name tanya head tanya head sounds a lot more familiar okay so she's pivotal in the post 9 11 attack um she was someone who took over uh how how do you say it uh the 9 11 survivors uh like association she became the president the fun thing about tanya head though however is she had never been to the United States prior to what? 9-11. Yes, yeah, so um, she's from Spain. She was uh, in a depilitating car crash. It left her with a kind of a massive scar. But she had uh, joined a support group for survivors of <laughs> 9-11. And she had told this radical fucking story that she was on the uh, South Tower, 51st floor, right, uh, right where the plane hit. What the She fuck? was able to get out because she had this gnarly scar. Oh, from yeah. her shoulder to her arm and she was like no I survived and then she started nitpicking from other people's um, like cherry picking from other people's stories of oh, survivors shit. that were meeting constantly post 9-11 of course you know survivors guilt for a lot of these people they're going into great detail yeah of why they shouldn't be alive and she created this elaborate story um and it kind of came to a head much later on after <laughs> the Victims Association. Yeah. Uh, after the Victims Association came along and wanted more answers about the story. And she was a grifter. Um, she came for money from Spain. She's actually a Spanish born citizen. And uh, she had talked about how her fiance had died in the tower. Uh, the thing was. Um, the She kind of lucked out because the family of the fireman didn't really know who she was until she had said something out loud that it was a wind romance kind of thing and they yeah. got married in Hawaii and all this bullshit but she could never produce pictures she could never produce this this and this and she would always get like uh, emotionally upset trying to tell her version of the story when people started getting a little too close and everybody was like oh no leave Tanya alone she's got PTSD why the fuck would you even say that and you think about that now like who the fuck would lie about that. I thought you were about to say, who the fuck doesn't have PTSD to some degree? <laughs> but like, like the, the, the amount of balls on this woman, too. Yeah. Because uh, another part of this story is uh, that people who disappeared during 9-11 who turned up later on. I had heard actually quite a few different stories of that. Um, even children that were uh, in the daycare center there, mm -hmm. some were deemed dead but actually survived. I mean, people that were on the higher floors just below the flames had... They were thought to be dead. Um, of course, the the movie World Trade Center talking about the Port Authority cops that got trapped under the building. Yeah. Well, those uh, these are people who were believed to have been at work that day who never went to work that day. Oh shit! These are people who found who basically found the opportunity and ran because at the time of nine eleven, um, think about you know around two thousand one, uh, the NSA isn't as active as we think it is today homeland security is actually just part of fema yeah so so a lot of this is going in and out and it's just a perfect storm of disappearing yourself 
Yeah, because like people just walk away from their whole lives. Like we hear about stories like that all the time, especially when you're like ask Reddit or something like that. Hey, tell me a story. He's like, oh, I bet in my family one day and never came back for six years. <laughs> I left for cigarettes and it took me six years to find them. And what's crazy <laughs> is, you know, if they didn't find a body, you know, you're still actively missing. And the funny thing is that, you know, that people don't realize is you could, I could leave tomorrow and not talk to anyone ever again. I'd be marked as missing. But if they were to ever find me, it's not a crime. Well, this is also pre-Patriot Act, too, yeah, yeah. where we could keep tabs on people in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, you know, going into going into 9-11 itself, uh, just a quick little timeline. Um, on the morning of September 11th, four flights took off. Uh, these includes Flight 111, which struck the North Tower at 8.46 a.m., uh, not less than 20, 30 minutes later, uh, Flight 175 struck the South Tower. That's I saw that live. I did, too. Yeah. I, I was already home by that time, and when I saw that, I saw that second plane hit it actually on CNN, of all things. Yeah. Um, 33 minutes later, Flight 77 uh, struck the Pentagon. And then at 10.03, uh, Flight 93 sh- struck uh, the ground at 10.03 a.m. In Pennsylvania. In, in Pennsylvania. Um, and the reason I wanted to mention your head first because I find that one the most fascinating. Right. Because now she's disappeared. She really she has gone and gone off the step. No one knows where she is. Uh, there's a uh, there's a great documentary that includes you know interviews uh, with the people that were close to her. Uh, it's called the uh, the person who wasn't the, the lady who wasn't there. I've seen that name floating around. Yeah. I didn't even realize. I didn't put the two together. Yeah. So. Um, and you know it was a long it was a long con she would be there she spoke at the 9-11 memorial she made friends with the serious? mayor and governor of new york she made friends with these people and they're like thank you for you know all the time you you know spend on making sure this thing works and she had embezzled a little bit of funds here and there right but all under the guise that she was a survivor that's fucking crazy and that's even crazier though considering the mayor of new york at that time was fucking rudy giuliani Yes, and that's what trips me out yeah, a little and, bit. And it continued on after his governorship or uh, mayorship. Like even the next mayor that came through, she was lying to that motherfucker's face, dude. Really, Mike Bloomberg? She was yeah. lying. Holy shit! Wow, dude, I didn't know it went that long. Her scam was very intricate. That uh, that is intricate. Um, what got her though? She created a fantasy tale, uh, a little bit too out of her comfort zone, and they right. were able to catch her on a slip. Uh, she was actually people that were getting a little bit too close were actually being annexed out of or uh, exiled out of survivor groups. These are people who survived the 9/11 <laughs> attacks. You know, these are people that were there, and she, you know, claimed when she's like the president of the of the charity or whatever. You know, she dips. What the fuck? Yeah. So just just a nice little rabbit hole for people listening to just go down and check that movie talk documentary out. The woman who wasn't there. Yeah. Um, and it's done with a really, really cool style. There's a lot of animated stuff in there. Hey, that's fine. I, I always yeah. loved uh, stories like that anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so all three attacks seem to happen within an hour 15. Roughly, yeah, about yeah. an hour and a half, hour um, 15. Yeah, so what we do know is uh, 19 Arab-born men uh, are traced to the attacks um, claimed by al-Qaeda. Um do you, what do you know about Al-Qaeda? Well, Al-Qaeda, I know, kind of came as a splinter group from the Mujahideen, as yes. well as uh, the Taliban. They are, <laughs> I, I want to say inadvertently, but they are CIA trained mm-hmm. uh, because during the 1980s, Soviets invaded. We needed to teach the people of Afghanistan how to defend themselves. We didn't want to have, you know, another situation like Vietnam or even like Cuba, where we lose another ally somewhere in a vital place. 
Um, and from that, uh, Osama bin Laden kind of formed the group. He came from, uh, was it was it royalty from Egypt or was he from a just a very He's from rich a family? family. Uh, yeah. All his brothers and sisters all went to Oxford. That's right. I, I remember hearing about that. And I know he's he was extremely educated himself. Which if you think about, you know, a lot of your Arab dictators, presidents, prime ministers all went to a, a leading English school. And they love Western culture, too, which and is the funny a great, thing. A great example of this is the the last king of Scotland, which is the story, Amin. story of Idi Amin, who got he, the whole title is derivative of, a, of when he went to school in Oxford. He is the last king of Scotland mm-hmm. because it's Oxford in the in the story was basically for royal royal English born people, mainly Scotland. But it goes into that whole detailed dive of, yeah, they they. They they just want to know how to get power quickly, so they went to a college. Yeah, they learned how to do it in like third world countries. Yeah, um, without going, having to read Machiavelli. <laughs> yeah, and, and like going in for the Mujahideen, especially you know with the proxy wars of the eighties. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Rambo Three, <laughs> the Taliban are the good guys. <laughs> yes, there's actually a nice little epilogue paragraph at the end of that. This movie is dedicated to the Mush- strong, the, yep. the, the strong fighting people of Afghanistan. <laughs> that that cracks me up because looking back at it, you're like, ooh, that shit did not age well at all. It did. He was like, get some, get some. Just make another one called Full Full Metal Helmet. Full Metal. It's just about the invasion of Afghanistan and Iraq. It's, oh my god, that that's perfect. You know what? I'll I'll fund that. Uh, I actually knew. Uh, I know some people who were in the military at the time of nine eleven, and a friend of mine. Uh, I do too. Who I spoke to around this time, he said he was in the military at the time in boot camp, and they never told him until after he got out. Um, that actually happened to my cousin John too. He didn't um, know nine eleven happened at all. He didn't even know until he was at a basic, and then when he was getting ready to deploy, that's when he found out all the news and. There were guys that were, you know, these are Marines. There were dudes full on crying and shit, but they didn't know anything about it. It was a shock. Yeah, and, it's, and it is a shock because, you know, the United States was attacked by a foreign entity for the first time since probably 1941. Yeah. And even then, it's like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, because the only other attack up until that point was in 1993 uh, with the bombing in the parking garage. Yes, yeah, so uh, the Mujahideen had splinter groups. They ended up getting Al-Qaeda, Taliban. Um, and in 19... And, uh, yeah, so the 1993, uh, the bombings uh, in February of 93 was traced uh, also to these new 19 men who, who did the 9-11 attack. Uh, they had traces and relatives that were part of the original attack in 93. Really? Now, from uh, April of 98 to the time of September 11th, there was a group of people working within the government uh, from the CIA to the uh, intelligence, basically the intelligence organization, who were trying to track some of these guys down. Uh, because they heard there was before uh, before this um, there was chatter about an attack on the United States, which people don't know. This happens every day. There's probably 30, 40 attempted attacks on the United States constantly before 9/11, even after 9/11. Um, and based on their incompetence of what happened in '93, they worried that you know, with a stronger subset of guys, younger people who are Americanized, basically. They could, could blend in, have sleeper cells just sitting yeah. here waiting. And what's crazy is this isn't the only group that were planning to hijack planes. And so there were actually Aryan Brotherhood members who are training who were training to take planes. There were people in uh, eco uh, eco terrorist groups uh, who had links to PETA, who were all trying to. There are a lot of local terrorist groups. Homegrown you know, terrorism. Homegrown yeah. terrorism. 
uh, who had tried to do the plan the same thing, but after 9-11 happened, their plans kind of fell through because of what happened with the TSA. Uh, TSA became a rampant area of decline in the 90s, not because of federal funding, but because of uh, the resource itself. Uh, with the expansion of airlines and the expansion of who can run an airline, United, American Airlines, Delta, it became such a strain. And now you're asking one guy who searches probably 100 people to search 200 people in that yeah. same shift. So it's it becomes kind of a negligence on our end. Heavier workload because yes. there's more and more people flying each like and every day. A, like a you work in a warehouse. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, used to, I used to work in the back end of a warehouse and packing. And if you fuck up, you fuck up. Yeah. And if you imagine fucking up 200 times and those, Ye- 19, those 19 get through you have to live with that for the rest of your life yeah. and a lot of those and a lot, a lot of people doesn't get a lot of that doesn't get said in the story of telling of 9-11 is the people who uh, let them through yeah and didn't know no better um but let's get into the conspiracy part of this hell yeah so let's rock and roll uh my favorite one so far because i went back and read a lot of these is the um the tower seven uh collapse which is the lower uh, the lower building that was that was demolished basically or de- destroyed during 9/11? So you had Tower North and Tower South, but you had uh, Trade Center Seven, which was the smaller building that ended up collapsing. Which coincidentally had the FBI office and yeah. tons of documents on God knows what. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> a lot of that a lot of that uh, conspiracy stems from hey the Fed kept interest rate information. There were a lot of backstock information on foreign. Um, foreign nationals who live within the United States on finance. Of course. Uh, hell, even the the Wall, Wall Street stopped until September 17th. So you're thinking about, yeah. you're talking about six days of no trading. At all. At all. I mean, that, that New York, the entire state, I mean, just to kind of put it into perspective, it really became a police state. I mean, uh, being taken out of my class and going outside, you felt like you were in a fucking movie. Yeah. Um, you had cops on the street, multiple cops on the street. You had guys in full SWAT gear. Bomb squad was always somewhere around the corner, you know, figuratively yeah. speaking. But there was such a tension that people would go outside, kind of look over at each other, ask one another, you okay? Is everything all right? You know, the slightest bit of suspicious activity would warrant you getting put up against a wall and fucking arrested. It happened in front of me. Yeah. Um, I was in a restaurant one day, and this gentleman just happened to, he was a uh, Arabic gentleman, just happened to be speaking with his wife, and he spoke in his native language, and table beside him looked at him. Next thing I know, the fucking cops show up, because they said, I guess they said something to one of the wait staff. Mm-hmm. Cops show up take him outside and he's screaming and pleading with them like what the fuck are you doing like yeah. you know I, I haven't done anything next thing you know as soon as he's outside they're putting him against the wall spreading his legs you know yeah, yeah. It, and I can only imagine what he went through following that because they put him in the car and drove off his wife and kids were screaming yeah there was a lot of anti-Arab <clears throat> sentiment throughout yeah, that time yeah uh, the, the Islamophobia was high yeah uh, my dad said it to me once he said you know before 9-11 I didn't really think about it yeah, and no. Then he said you started noticing a lot of Arab people in your community, and he's like, and you know, my dad said not in really a negative light. He's like, but you noticed that very quickly. It was more prevalent following that. Yeah, like my dad, my dad was in the army. My dad, everybody was fucked. <laughs> like, yeah, no, for real. <laughs> like, so I, I think uh, that goes into like you know, just a, a racial thing down south is, especially for the newer people people born past 2000 or past 95 mm-hmm. realize that it's not a white and black thing it's a poor rich thing yeah and um 
I actually got on a friend of mine's ass one time. He was from Michigan. He came down here because he thought it'd be a little bit more tuned to his way of thinking. And I'm just like, your bigoted ass doesn't not welcome here. down here. No, of course like, not. You know, like we all grew up together. We all got shit on together. You know, hey motherfucker, are you eating today? Yeah. Do you need a dollar to buy yeah. lunch? Like it's that bad. <laughs> you know, it was that kind of type of situation growing up, especially in my school. Um, but going into the going into just the like thick of this of uh the uh the police state you were talking about yes alex jones had wrote a book literally called 9-11 uh martial law 9-11 rise of the police state yes and that's where alex jones really got his start uh not just from info wars but uh just his kind of inquire sunlighting you know well he uh, was him and joe rogan were actually in the uh, early to mid actually throughout the entire 90s were almost on the same wavelength in yeah. terms of their reporting when they were doing you know reporting yeah um, and uh i remember seeing some of the people that would talk growing up talk about the conspiracy and i'm just like who allowed you to talk <laughs> like, so I'm, so like i don't be like that but like we used to think of fake news as the Inquirer, the Daily Press, or something like that. Yeah, the yeah. shit that's out there. Yeah, but now these people are walking among us <laughs> and saying that shit out loud. They're saying the bad part out loud. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's kind of like how they get mad about PC language, but then you hear people on Fox News saying, oh, we're not lying, we're just telling you alternative truths. Truthiness. Truthiness, you, yes. You remember that, you remember that fucking yes, statement? Yes, of course. Of course. Truthiness. It sounds true, don't it? God, I miss it when he did that show. That show was so solid. But, um... Going into one of the theories here, uh, or just not just let's, uh, before we go to the theories, uh, what triggered this, uh, the reasons for this being triggered, and it's a long list of things. Yeah. Uh, one is the U.S. supports of Israel. One is the American soldier stationed in Saudi Arabia. As bin Laden said in an interview, U.S. soldier too close to Mecca. Yeah. And I can see, I kind of see where he's coming from on that, but it's like they're an ally. Yeah. We're not invading Saudi Arabia until we fucking have to. And on top of that, too, there's no reason. There would be no benefit for either country, considering yeah. the business agreements. Yeah. And another one is uh, the embassy bombings of 98 in Kenya. I uh, totally forgot about. Yeah I, yeah. I totally forgot about that. So bombing. during the Clinton administration, there was a lot of uh, upscale in uh, our deficit. There practically was no deficit under Clinton because they were able to get the budget and the people he had were able to facilitate the needs of the people a little bit better than after like George Bush who fucked it all up. Well, like, I understand <laughs> the fed had was responsible as well. The state department, yeah. uh, the military spending had skyrocketed again from, you know, as back, compensation for the attack. Yeah. yeah. But like from 19, from 1980 to 1988, the military budget was so fucking high and massive that contracts were going out willy nilly. And now this was just like an affirmation of let's do it again. Because we can. Because we can. Because we have people who are, we have veterans of Desert Storm who are able to tell us stories who are less than a decade old now. Shit, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got a guy who fought in twenty at 25, he can come back at 35, 36, and be like, hey man, you want to be dropped back in the fucking dust again? And he's fucking seasoned, he knows the area well. It's kind of like uh, the young guys going into Nam and having those slightly older guys that have been in country for like five plus years. Yeah. And want to get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Some some conspiracies, you know, kind of 
when we think about the 9-11 conspiracy, we think mainly just about the Twin Towers, but not not to mention the Pentagon, which was also attacked. With little to no footage. Yes. So that, that that's the part of the conspiracy I really like, <laughs> is uh, because uh, the Pentagon didn't have a lot of cameras directed toward the building. And I kind of figured out this one very quickly, because uh, did you ever see the movie Loose Change? about 911 uh, bits and pieces it's been a, it's been a little bit of time i found it in 2008 2009 uh, at the college i was going to in a dvd case just a dvd <laughs> set on the front desk it was like cuz the reception you know, like you had the uh, the student center or you could play ping pong sit down right you know collaborate with some people in a, in a group and then there was, when you open the doors there was a table and people would be like hey this is an old british lip book i couldn't get resell it to the bookstore whoever wants to could take it yeah and you'd find all this other stuff like pamphlets everything and on it was a cd and said loose change so i took it and watched that shit on a computer at the school i'm just like this is a 9-11 conspiracy movie like what the fuck <laughs> i had heard about it before i never really saw it because no major network was actually playing it and you would have to have like in 2008 you know 9-11 is still kind of fresh in a lot of people's minds yeah so i watched it and i was like this is the dumbest fucking thing i've ever seen <laughs> And I watched Bowling for Columbine. Like oh my god! I totally forgot. You just unlocked a memory I repressed. Yeah, yeah that, that's another guy I would like to talk about. Oh uh, Jesus! Michael Moore. <laughs> See, that's a very—he's an interesting character. Uh, he's just a leftist, Alex Jones. Yeah, you're not wrong. You are not wrong at yeah, all. all. Um, because he had talked about people not locking the doors in Canada, I was just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Going to the Pentagon one specifically, um, the lowest tier conspiracy theory was a missile had struck the Pentagon. That actually, I'm shocked that wasn't higher up because I've heard of quite a few more people mention that because in the footage that you have from, I think it was the guard post, mm. it, it was just somewhere at the front of the building, you only see the tail end of whatever the hell it was, and it was also the explosion that followed. Yeah, and I like the remind people like 2001 technology is nowhere near Terrible. it is right now and if you think about in hindsight hey i got all these cameras around the pentagon i didn't catch anything it's because those cameras aren't pointed at the fucking pentagon they're pointed outside the pentagon because that's where the fucking threat's coming from that's true there's no reason to think that the highest military base next to langley virginia is going to have cameras it's going to it's going to have cameras facing inward there's no reason to is like somebody is somebody going to jump out the fucking window yeah of a pentagon no because <laughs> they're all military leaders they're all if anything you're gonna get shot in the head inside the halls of the pentagon it's probably you try buried underneath <laughs> but um a lot of it is we don't see the damaged wings we don't see that and it's just like that's part of ntsv's footage of the wings breaking when it bounces off the ground and strikes the pentagon um and i just love the idea of people saying it was a missile that does such little damage because you know, if you notice, it's just a cave-in. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like a explosion where things would go everywhere. There would be a much larger crater, for example. And a even lot of, a surgical strike has a big explosion. And a lot of their, um, a lot of their, um, on the fact end of this was a lot of people were identified who had boarded Flight Seventy Seven. Um, their bodies were, you know, all over the place. Because it's, it's basically a, a can full of bodies yeah. that you're checking out a building at a high speed. So I think that conspiracy is is pretty well off just because of the idea of adding insult to injury to kind of a country that feels a little bit too overpowered sometimes. Yeah. And that's another part of this I like is uh, 
is the government incompetent or is the government overpowered and where and no, no one seems to understand that it's kind of in the middle i was about to say it's it's very much both even if, if they're overpowered there's still room for incompetence no matter yeah. it's human error yeah the facilitation of idiots yeah for the, a long way <laughs> um and i wanted to ask you what what do you think happened do you mean in general or in general with- like uh the story of 911 well, when I think about it, I feel that there could have been grave incompetence. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're having overworked employees having to manage God knows how many people coming through an airport every single day, and especially that time in the morning, I could see people allowing individuals that would be a red flag to anybody in the NSA or even um, the CIA or the FBI. However, when you're overworked like that, you can definitely let some unsavory characters through in addition to that i also think that we were focused on the wrong things at the time Mm -hmm. i don't think we were able to connect the dots fast enough but then on the other hand while i kind of see it from a sympathetic point of view i also think about how the rockefellers brought in steel to build the world trade center at one point they were um they had a hand in the steel companies that were operating there uh Accompanying that information, there was also the insurance um, policy that was taken out on those mm-hmm. buildings. Do you mind going a little bit into that, uh, just for the sake of? Yeah. So the guy who owned the buildings actually got screwed because the insurance policy set basically like act of God type situations, which is very right. odd for a skyscraper in, in the middle of Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, probably one of the largest cities in the world, and not a, a giant target. Now, yeah. uh, a long time ago. The Empire State Building was hit by a plane. Yep, in the 1940s. Yes, and not much happened. No. It was just foggy, <laughs> and a B-52 just flew into it. I don't care about the plane hitting the fucking building. You're going to work. Yeah, yeah there, there was no remote working. It's like, operator, operator. I'm trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get Mr. Beasley down the road. I see you've been working on your transatlantic accent. Mm. <laughs> man, she, man. Man. Hey, what are you doing? But, uh, yeah, so... I remember, I remember talking to some friends of mine in college about this, the the idea of of a plane striking a building and then someone saying it's an act of God, and I'm just like, because that came up during the conversation. Damn, we He's, said Jesus take the wheel, but goddamn, I guess he can't fly planes. He became Muhammad, apparently. <laughs> but, right. Right. Muhammad nope. just dips on the last class of landing and says, fuck it. <laughs> well, you know what's fucked up about that? Muhammad Atta. It's bad that yeah. we say Muhammad, too, but Muhammad Atta, one of the uh, the ringleaders of the entire group that went on there, supposedly was taking... Kind of goes into your other yeah. uh, indication of dictators being educated in Europe. He was taking classes for a flight in, I believe it was either Belgium or it was uh, Holland. Mm. And he did leave the classes after or like before they started teaching him how to land. Yeah. He just wanted to know how to take off. Yeah. And, you know, you're talking about four planes, you know, taking off and 19 terrorists among them. Not so evenly built, but the way they were able to take the plane fly the plane and you know end it all um just the just the nonsense aspect of it kind of bothers me of yeah you the the amount of dedication it would take to do something like that on a high level is no different dedication taken here when it comes to people like 
doing stupid shit on a domestic level. Oh yeah, of course. But I just the, the amount of I'm not saying it's a good thing. Or I don't want it to sound like a good thing, but the amount of resolve you would need to have to kill yourself in the sake of that in like, the sake of some of these weak ass fucking reasons yeah like, you know what i'm saying like because some of these reasons are just fucking ridiculous uh but going back to the insurance plan on the on the towers um i remember that guy it took him years to get that shit back jesus yeah. christ the guy who owned the building because uh he was being investigated too because he had ties to israel and middle east holy and, shit and it, it People talk about like the Muslim part of the of the attacks. Of course, and it's, it's you're always going to see you're always going to see the, the kind of the Islamophobia, but there's also yeah. the aspect of, well, I don't know, and who the fuck do do I really know these people, and that kind of goes into the whole domestic terrorism itself on right. our end of non um, Middle Eastern non European Americans is can we trust those people, and I think. I think it kind of set off the damage that it was supposed to do, which was to divide. Of course. And uh, kind of press the government a little bit further than they needed to go to create things like the Patriot Act, expand FEMA, uh, stuff like that. Increase funding for local police departments, uh, yeah, military the, spending. Yeah, so, I, you know, coming down here, have you noticed the difference, like... I don't. I don't know. You were. You said you were from like Long Island. I, I did go area. to the city from time to time, though. Too, there was a very big difference in police departments. And I know you were pretty young, but the idea of cops, of how they were treated before nine eleven, opposed to after nine eleven, is a big difference. Yeah. Because uh, I remember the word hero being thrown around a lot fucking more. A, a lot more. Yeah. It, it was interchangeable. And what I love is how people how quick people's beliefs can change we're seeing that now live uh, especially in the last two days of recording this episode <laughs> a lot of crazy stuff's going on with oh, a, a certain party but i remember growing up and watching people like my dad's age being like back the fuck up cop yeah yeah like so like being uh a very both conf- of my parents yeah but confrontational with the police because they were being confrontational yeah a uh, uh, mistrust for the police and you know and we think about it, it's kind of fucking ironic nowadays, but the invention of NASCAR, which is a big Southern and Western thing, which is <laughs> all, all delved on the basis of, we got to get away from the fucking police. Because we got to move this moonshine. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's basically the story of NASCAR. But now it's the Blue Lives Matter. It's sport. so ironic. And it's just like, I love outlaw country, and I love obeying the law. <laughs> it's just like, ah, oh, get fucked. It's kind of like uh, what I heard overheard a coworker of mine say, um, you know, uh, I support unions, but I ain't going to let no commie take my guns. And I kind of stopped and I'm sitting here going, do you not realize the first rednecks were basically communists that were fighting against uh, a massive like company that was trying to achieve autonomy? I mean, yeah. the, you the coal industry, countless other things as well. I watched, <laughs> I was listening to look at it today. Someone posted an Iron Rand oh uh, my quote, God. and I'm just like, the subtlety of selfishness by this bitch this hermit woman <laughs> when you can you I know. get it Rush makes great songs but fuck <laughs> <laughs> dude that, that is a fucking that's a read right there any Ayn Rand book like Atlas Shrugged Fountain I could Head not like that, no. Fountainhead was a little bit more palatable in short bursts yeah <laughs> but like uh, the the investigation into the guy who owned the, not a, uh, the, the Twin Towers and you know the buildings around it the reason he fought so hard they were going to arrest him for ties 
Uh, because, to Al-Qaeda and all that? Well, to Al-Qaeda, to Middle Eastern groups who were donating to Al-Qaeda, which one of them is the Saudi family. Yeah. Because they wanted to keep a civil war going in Afghanistan. Because the Mujahideen had pretty much disbanded, and the more radical members created, you know, Al Qaeda trained or you know trained by the CIA and created Al Qaeda, and then uh, the Taliban, and then you had the Islamic Front of Afghanistan later on, yes, which became, which kind of grew into the whole ISIS thing. Yeah, that's one hundred percent state of is of uh, Syria stuff like that, and we get a lot of you know interchangeable groups that under under the mil, under like the media point is it's like brown people yeah of course you the flag it. of brown people need to get caught and uh, it's like it's like jesus christ you know? yeah what the fuck we didn't have we didn't have any muslims in my school growing up um I had a few jewish kids um but living in like the rural part of north carolina you're not going to see anything other than baptists and presbyterian and methodists it wasn't um there were a few people like a couple of kids that were from the middle east um i'm trying to remember i think one of them was from yemen and i think the other boy he was from oh god i want to say it was either iran or it was um Kuwait. I, Kuwait, yeah. It was one of the two, but it wasn't really common. No, we, we had a lot of Jewish kids that were there, but that's that's also because, you know, there's a fairly large Jewish community, especially on Long Island and in New York City. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of plays into that, uh, what do you call it, the stereotype of New York. Yeah. It's filled with a bunch of self-deprecating Jews. <laughs> and those goddamn liberals. And those goddamn liberals, yeah. <laughs> um, and some like another part of this was you know we have the theory of a missile striking the Pentagon. We have the theory that World Trade set World Trade Center Seven, the uh, building adjacent to Tower North, uh, was a demolition. Uh, another one is um, Flight Ninety Three, United th- Ninety Three, was shot down. I had heard a lot of stories not take, about not, that. Not, not brought down by the passengers, which. That's another thing I don't like about when people talk about this stuff in movie form. Oh, God. Yeah. So when you have like a tragedy and they make a movie about it and it's starring Mark Wahlberg, you just don't like it. <laughs> immediately. Immediately. I don't understand why for like five years he was doing movies like that. Oh, he did uh, Horizon, Deepwater Horizon, yeah. uh, Patriot Day, which was the Boston bombing. Fucking Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. He was doing a lot of those. And... I see those tales as just like versions of propaganda. Very much so. It's um, I see it as like the Americanized version of like films that you would have seen in Nazi Germany in the 40s. You know, something to paint our people in the best possible light, yeah. even in the face of tragedy. Yeah, a good version of this is there's like a couple of lines of dialogue in that Deepwater Horizon where you see Mark Warburg going to work. Yeah. And you can see like signs of the stuff kind of cracking around, you know. Like the breakdowns of communication and stuff like that, and yeah. the bus, and it's just like, yes, I understand that the people on the oil rig are bad, are not having a good day. I, get, <laughs> I understand that people died, but they didn't have to. No, they and the didn't. The movie doesn't clarify why they didn't have to, which is if you did fucking maintenance on a goddamn oil rig, you need to get it done now. Yeah. Don't put that shit off. That's your fault. That's and not their fault. I, I think like that's a good parallel when they tell stories about World Trade Center with Nicolas Cage. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, you remember that movie? Uh, yeah. did, I, that was actually the movie I was referencing earlier, yeah, yeah with yeah. him and Michael Pena. And then you had uh, Flight 93, which hadn't, didn't really have a lot of... It was United 93. You were, you were right the first time when you mentioned yeah. it, yeah. And, you know, these movies I almost refused to watch because it's just like you're propagandizing the dead people who were there. I don't know if it was the region I was in, but they kept promoting the fuck out of Flight 93, out of United 93. I almost said it, too. Out of United 93. Like, it was... Every other commercial was a trailer for it when it came out. Yeah. And some of the other people that kind of exploited the in, in, industry of the, the tale of 9-11 was, uh, in a lesser extent, Toby Keith, because he was able to give back to the military a little bit, a little bit more. But then you have people like Alan Jackson. Yeah. Who really made their money off that shit. Yeah. Um, because he went from down to the Chattahoochee to remember when. Yeah, yep, 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 Or yep, where yep, were yep. you? Yeah, where were the, you when... <laughs> they built the ladder to heaven. <laughs> South Park, South Park has got the best. I love that episode. I was just about to say it was right there. I too. think it's funny because like, the, way, you know, the way we look at about 9-11, they always say, hey, remember, never forget, kind of... Don't ever fucking forget. And it's just like, motherfucker, we forgot about the Alamo. We'll forget about 9-11. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, we, we forgot all about the Alamo. We, I mean, we forgot about... We don't really talk about the Revolutionary War. We don't really talk about the Civil War. We don't touch on parts of history. We It's like our culture is only going to remember one thing, and it seems like it centers around that. And a lot of that is just, you know, the lack of, I think, just teachers. Yeah. I was lucky. You know, when I graduated a senior, I had my same history teacher for four years. See, and he was good at his fucking job. Yeah, I I lucked out in some cases. Sometimes you know you have those teachers that don't give a shit or they don't get paid enough, which is understandable. I see being my age now, I see how why they would act like that. But I did have a couple of history teachers that really were in depth about it, broke it down. Um, especially, I I remember I had one teacher that uh, kind of broke down nine eleven. It was actually my uh, eighth grade social studies teacher. And he went into quite a few of the different conspiracy theories surrounding it. And, you know, the whole room, you could cut the tension with a knife. Because a lot of the people in that room, they come from that American patriot background where it's like their yeah. parents are like, you know, staunch, like, uh, never forget, you know, uh, POW, MIA type of stuff. You know, they, they probably, God knows, have Blue Lives Matter stickers all over their fucking yeah. cars now. Basically, say, don't pull me over. I'm one of you. Yeah. <laughs> I encourage all drug dealers to join the fraternal order of police. I was about so to they say, don't get pulled over. Yeah, dude. I remember seeing a post like uh, a bunch of months ago where it was like, hey, if you see me driving down the road with a Blue Lives Matter sticker, I don't really support it. I got drugs in my car. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of that kind of bothered me a little bit later on because it still sticks around today. It was you know the the belief that cops are end all be all. And like they're they don't need to be watched. They don't need to be this. I'm just like, really though. <laughs> Michael Dowd would like a word with you. Yeah, a couple a couple of people would like a fucking word with well, you. Well, what got me was the glorification of a police in um, um, New York City following this mm-hmm. because just before then, not even within 20 years, there was like I said, the Michael Dowd thing, a corrupt New York City police officer that was working yeah. in East New York that was robbing drug dealers. Yeah, with a whole crew. And then you had you know before that in the 70s you had the heroin epidemic yeah being taken care of by cops yep and 
even in the 70s and 80s, the cocaine being moved by Florida police officers to Georgia and South Carolina. I am so glad you know about that. Very few people know about the that. The cocaine cowboys, man. You got to do what you got to do. I knew one of them. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> he did was he actually playing from Alabama? <laughs> no, what he actually did, he was the dude, he was the connection to the U.S. for the Colombians. Hmm. He was the guy that would go into the room and talk to the Colombians to buy cocaine for another person, for yeah. one of the distributors. Yeah, it's, that's another wild story we could go down. The very much cowboys. yeah I, could, I don't even have to do research i can remember that shit like the back of my fucking hand shit's fucking awesome going into like drizelda blanco and all that oh. and the ochoas oh my god the ochoas were fascinating the chose with the shit very uh very progressive organization oh yeah <laughs> uh was it the Ocho? no i'm thinking of the um no, it was the Ochoas, wasn't it? The, uh, the they were part they were, of the, they were they were the biggest family in cocaine. That's what I thought. Yeah, and there's actually a conspiracy about uh, the Mexican cartel being involved in 9/11. Really? Yes. Yeah, so um, the story for that one is very short because I think because there's not enough facts to back it up. Of course. But a quick little thing was uh, court cartels in Mexico going into more legitimate business practices uh, in North America to have free reign to bring in drugs kind of like that, what the mob would do yeah so they would you know they would create gambling houses brothels and stuff like yeah, that yeah but on a legal end they would create investment groups that the because something what people don't realize is before 9-11 if you had a private jet you're not really getting fucking searched no nobody cares as long as you're not coming from another country that yeah. is an ally and mexico's an ally mexico's been our ally ally since probably 1889 yeah so like because of everything else <laughs> that yeah. it had going on yeah even uh, following the mexican revolution too yeah so um but yeah that's just you know the plain jane conspiracy of the try to be legit in the world trade center kind of nudging them out on the world stage oh because uh, they were trying to skip the whole uh what do you call it um uh, stock options they were going to create an investment company and try to fast track it to investment instead of doing it the other the, the proper way which is build the company and then create stock oh shit so they were doing it they were like they were fast tracking yeah um but it was all under the guise of trying to get drugs back into the united states faster without having me to search because if it's a uh, uh, conglomerate, you're not really going to search a conglomerate that bad. You're not going to go deep in their details because there's no reason to. Now, with um, how does uh, out of curiosity, how does George Bush kind of come into this? Because I know there's further connections other than you know Bush did 9/11. So the Bush family. Um, have you ever heard of Prescott Bush? I am familiar with the name. I didn't really look that much into. So you him, have though. George W. Bush, and you have George Herbert Walker Bush. Um, Former head of the CIA, <laughs> dun dun dun, dun dun dun. Uh, Vice President Ronald Reagan, yep. uh, big in uh, politics on the right side, a very conservative man. Yes. His father, however, is named Prescott Bush. Fun story about Prescott Bush. He was part of a cabal of company owners who tried to overthrow FDR. What? Uh, FDR uh, realized this was happening faster than they could think uh, because he didn't have blood going to his legs. It was all to his brain. <laughs> he had nothing better to do, in nothing other words. Nothing better than, than fuck his cousin and, <laughs> and deal with this think, shit. Think about how I'm going to get jobs. <laughs> but um, when the TVA or when the, uh, when the New Deal was founded, um, there was a lot of pushback and it was a, there was literally a cabal of uh, military generals and business owners who were like, if we get him out of power, we won't have to deal with this whole TVA bullshit, which was the Tennessee Valley Authority, which wow. is a social uh, 
more of a socialist yes answer to the depression yes. which is let's get everybody to work i don't care what the fuck they're doing let's just get them to work give them something yeah and give them something you know express labor uh that they can own because you know tennessee valley authority built oak ridge they built the blue ridge parkway yeah they they built a lot of stuff on the east infrastructure coast. it was yeah. all infrastructure and the new deal also worked out west as well especially in la Oklahoma too. Oklahoma yeah. really got hit hard with the Dust Bowl, and they yeah. And it was all about uh, the practice of agriculture. Let's let's go into this about a different way, other than you know those handmade tail or what does it call it? Uh, those maiden tales of how to grow shit. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's just grow as much corn as fucking possible. We and need let it burn all the corn and let it burn. <laughs> like, we need wheat. Why you guys don't make that lot of bread though? We need wheat. wheat. which strips the nutrients of the soul and that kind of goes into like and and just a quick thing about farming that goes into the book of leviticus uh in the bible that tells you you can't rotate crops because it's a sin what and a lot of these farmers who who followed especially in the midwest who followed the bible to a t with your pentecostals and stuff like that they saw it as a rule from god not to do these things and they did not do them what the fuck but you know even in the depression there came out a lot of good stuff along with the bad but going back to prescott bush um part of the new deal was the kind of freelancing of what is now right to work for a lot of companies uh, a good example of this is the 13th amendment which uh, ended slavery to a point except to either for, pay a debt or if you are a prisoner yeah so the New Deal had a permission had a provision in it to prevent debtors' prisons. Uh, that's what pissed off a lot of companies because there goes a lot of free labor. Yeah. Uh, so a good example of this is Sawshank Redemption. Yeah, Sandy where King. they're building the uh, highway. Yeah, they're building the roads and he's underbidding mm-hmm. everybody. Yep. He can because it's free it's labor. All, it's all profit. Yeah. He could beat him to death if they bitch about money. <laughs> it, it goes straight to him regardless. And going into the Prescott Bush. You know, there are these back alley deals made with people like him from FDR, and some of those uh, contributed to the raising of, you know, New York uh, because FDR had a big connection to New York City at that time um, with a lot of old businesses. The Roosevelts themselves had become a more prominent family, almost like American royalty. Yes. Like the Kennedys. And Prescott Bush made a back alley deal. He said, look, we won't kill you and overturn the fucking government. If you just add this, this, and this, Jesus, and you're talking about a country on the verge of war who've already sanctioned, sanctioned Japan, yeah, and a world war has already started in 1939. So, a coup on the American side would really change the viewpoint of the world because there was a lot of uh, interest in not going to World War II, a laissez-faire policy, which was we don't go there. Because of the First World War, yeah, being fresh no, and everybody's there's no fucking reason to. No, it's not, yeah. it's not our problem. And that carries on into the Bush administration, which the Arab Spring for some of those countries had already happened. Yes, which pushed out Western ideas of capitalism. So, and it kind of created a theocracy, especially in places like uh, Iran. Iran. After the Shah got overthrown yeah. and the Ayatollah uh, yeah. took over, and then you have, um, I love, I love this part of it is. You know, Afghanistan, after the fall of the Russian society, had went back to a religious theology. Yes. And a good example of this is a book uh, I read in college called The Kite Runner, which is about that, the fall wow, of Afghanistan. Wow, you just brought back some memories. Yeah. Uh, Holy it's about shit. The, in the beginning of the book, is about the fall of Afghanistan. Yeah. Um, 
during the turn when religious, you know, Arab Spring had happened. Yes. And it goes into the creation of the Taliban, the 2-9-11. But on the 9-11 end, it was all about money. Like, you know, we hear about figure. these stories about how much information before the major digital age was there that burnt up or basically just liquefied because a building fell on top of it. Nowadays, <sighs> we don't worry about that. But you're talking about credit reports. You're talking about lines of credit run through different banks. And those banks have now lost that information. Because that was a major commerce center. Yes, because keeping book, you know, people don't think about this, but before the digital age, everything could be lost. It can be lost now. This is harder. It's, yeah, it's easier to recover, harder to lose. Yeah. You know, 500 pounds of paper all filled with documents fit on a fucking flash drive. Yeah. Nowadays. So, and you're talking about a tech boom in the United States right after a surplus from the Clinton administration. And we were doing high. We were high on the hog. Yeah. But now all the banks are failing because of what happened in world trade. People don't, people don't really think about that, of how yeah. dangerous it is to keep everything in one place. And it, that place was not a level. It was, you know, the world trade center. It, yeah. Because you, you had uh, countless different trading companies that worked out of there. Um, I mean, New York City itself, uh, Wall Street, big business and commerce hub. As you said, that stopped for six days. It shut down. There was no trading. And it also facilitated the, uh, the rise of the housing market crash later on. Because wow. um, So what happens is you, now you have a country in fear. Okay. Think of it like buying a gun from a pawn shop. Okay. When Obama was president, I could buy an AR-15 for AR-15 for thousand dollars. Yeah, because there's a fear that Democrats are going to take the guns away. Donald Trump yeah. became president. Went to that same paw shop, bought that same gun for five hundred dollars. I was about to say lower the price. So you know, it's about fear of a certain group of people, and they drive the commerce of you know certain 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 things you buy. I could like. I've told people before, I don't buy guns just to shoot them. I use them as a commodity because they rise in value, like a car. Well, also... Like you, an older car. <laughs> you could even say the same thing, though, with uh, with private military contracting mm-hmm. groups up until that point. They, we weren't really utilizing them that much. They were still there. They never were not a thing. But then that's when, following 9-11, is when you saw a surge like Blackwater. Yes. Yeah, so, fun story about Blackwater. The former CEO of Blackwater was also the husband of uh, former Secretary of Education under Trump. I fucking believe it. Hundred percent. Yeah, she was. She was neat. She was talking. Uh, the head of the board of education, the head of the education department in the government said, "We don't need public schools." So Jesus Christ! Yeah. Wow. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Fuck yeah! I miss the Bush administration. Oh my god! You know what? I, I do miss when I used to see W come up to the podium all squinty. Yes. <laughs> but I never. At no point did I think George Bush had anything to do with it. At no point. So I'm, I'm more of a practical person. I'm not saying I'm better, but I'm just saying that I, I view it as yeah. a more practical issue of is 9-11 the perfect example of government negligence? Well, it kind of goes into your uh, it goes into uh, his grandfather, Prescott mm-hmm. Bush, and the cabal that they had. Kind of like, the, I guess, a great example. I'll just use this name. The Enclave is what yeah. I can call them. They're kind of like the Enclave from Fallout. Yeah. They're all private business owners. Um Prescott Bush fucking alien. I feel like there. <laughs> I feel like there's um, all that went on behind the scenes without his knowledge. And you know, going into like just the, the presidents themselves, from the time of Rose, you know, FDR to you know George Bush, there is a lot of sketchiness 
a lot of more sketchiness. sketchiness. I think it's just because of the, evi- the amount of information we have. Yeah. Um, another part of this is the lack of the, what do you call it, the funneling of information. So now it's kind of hard to funnel information because everyone has a fucking opinion on it. <laughs> Everybody's got something to say. But like in 2001, social media wasn't really a thing. You had AIM. That was about it. Yeah. Uh, you had blog posts. You had bloggers. Mm-hmm. That was that was the progenitor. No, and it's pre-MySpace too. MySpace didn't come for another yeah. four years. I miss MySpace. I, remember I do play. too. Remember when you click on someone's profile, music would start playing. You, you know how much coding went into that shit? Like everybody oh, yeah, was like, how a, to do HTML. Yeah, I was about to say everybody was a fucking programmer. If you for clicked HTML. on my profile, Chris Morrison's profile, Cannibal Corpse would play. That is so fucking cool. Hell like, yeah! yeah. Was my six friends? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was <laughs> very, I was very sketch about that. When I first started MySpace, I was just like, I'm not going to be friends with anybody on this fucking website. Hell no. You never know what you're going to find. These are people I got to know, like, a day-to-day basis. (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't don't need, like, 500 people trying to fucking friend request me or... Shout out to Tom. (laughs) Shout out to Tom. The orchestrator of (laughs) 9-11. I bet I could make a conspiracy about time for MySpace. (laughs) Create 9-11 to to keep people more home and now now in social interaction. Oh, my God. And when he failed, we we created Facebook. (laughs) He's on Facebook, too. You know that? Is he really? Fuck yeah, he is. Damn, he he fucking sold out. And you know what he says? Goddamn right, I sold out for $850 million. <laughs> you know what? That ain't selling out. That's buying in without having to spend your own money. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it's like Metallica. Yeah, we sell out. We sell out every fucking night. <laughs> that's, a, that's the funniest joke I ever heard a band say. Uh, dude, I, I busted out laughing when I heard that. Uh, that actually, I, I will say Lars Ulrich isn't exactly the best person, but that was funny. <laughs> he can't buy his son a new diamond-plated... Jet ski because I downloaded it from Napster <laughs> and, and put it on CDs and just handed out Master Puppets. Like, and you know what's funny? I bet his son probably bought a Megadeth CD. Yeah. Well, I, heard joke, I heard a joke about the West Memphis Three. It's like Damien Eccles had Metallica's trust until they realized that he uh, bootlegged the tape of Injustice for All. And all like, Fuck you, let him die. <laughs> Fuck him. He did that shit. He did that shit. All our songs are about Satan. <laughs> So, like, when I look at 9-11 on a practical, you know, I always have to look at it practically because I love the story of the conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, a great example of this is there's two men in a room. Once the third man shows up, there's a conspiracy that's formed. Of course. So, <laughs> it, it's a gossip. Yeah. Gossip is what it breaks down yeah, to. and I remember hearing all these growing up, uh, and we had spoke about it just briefly when we first started these shows. Yeah. About the Inquirer having the real footage <laughs> of 9-11. <laughs> and... Kind of going on to the, like the legacy of you know nine eleven. A lot of it was the anthrax attacks, the threat levels, threat mm-hmm. level orange, threat level yellow. Yeah. Um, and I, I got to say, I I saw the change very fast. It did. It hit very quick. Um, depends on your region, but I think across the country, uh, through sheer circumstance, it just hit everybody quick. Yeah, and I remember a lot of bad things happening in conjunction afterward that yeah. people were trying to you know add like add on to it so one of the things like we talk about iraq and what's the first person you think of when it comes to iraq saddam hussein yes the greatest dictator ever probably of the modern world next to probably vladimir putin yes. but he says he's democratically elected <laughs> right um it's easy to be democratically elected when you put guns in people's backs. Hell yeah. Have you heard the story of how you snatched them all up at once? He pulled a Stalin move? Oh, he didn't kill him. He snatched them up all at once, smoked a cigar, and said, there's a traitor in this room. 
Oh, you're talking about you're talking about um, Saddam. Saddam. Yes, no, he did kill them. He killed them outside of the fucking uh, the parliament. But no, he's he's watching. They were all turning on each other. Yeah, fucking. They would all boat. rat each other out in order to survive. Yeah, that was a. I remember. And I actually so, just watched a documentary of that scene too. Yeah. Uh, there's a great documentary on Netflix called How to Be a Dictator. Yep, that's exactly what I'm referencing. Yeah, I love yeah. that fucking shit, dude. He's like, you're good, but are you Uday Osain good? I'm just like, fucking Uday Osain, man? The devil's double? <laughs> dude, he's Like, even just seeing the footage, not even being physically present there, I felt scared seeing yeah. him just light up a cigar and smile and Watching then say it. each other. Yeah, just like, oh, yeah, they're all going to fucking flip. But, like, going into, like, the aftermath of 9-11. So, the attacks happen. Um this is also going so september is also the time of football and baseball yes uh i remember the football games starting um the tail end of august into september yes and here's where the a conspiracy i think is kind of fucked up the pats winning the super bowl <laughs> was because of 9-11 <laughs> yeah of course of course because I mean, they weren't that good. No. Tom Brady was kind of a lanky dude. Bill Belichick is essentially a robot. That's yeah, a conspiracy. In a, <laughs> like, a sweatshirt. Yeah. He's from Alabama. <laughs> he coached in Alabama one time. Um, it's allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> but um, that was the biggest conspiracy I think about 9 11. It's just a sporting event going terribly wrong. Dude, with you're the not wrong. And the whole fucking thing. And then the dynasty of the Patriots. Well, you know, also what what really came out from the ashes of nine eleven too. Look at all the uh, the American flag T shirts and the American flag sales. And I just, uh, I just thought about a dynasty of the Patriots would be a badass metal band. Dynasty of the Patriots were a libertarian metal band. <laughs> now it's just a picture of George Washington just killing a fucking bear <laughs> with his bare hands. With his bare hands, and it's got like a commie sigil on its side, and it's just like it's got a bald eagle on his shoulder <laughs> just a song called my money your money fuck your money <laughs> <laughs> only good commies a dead commie yeah <laughs> and like the, there's the, just a fabricated intro from inside every good communist is an american trying to get out <laughs> oh my god just sampling full metal <laughs> commies don't believe in jesus <laughs> charlie don't surf <laughs> yeah, charlie don't surf. we're gonna fucking blend both of these yeah fuck it Stanley Kubrick, you're fucked up. <laughs> you dead piece of shit. But I, I, I think what's weird about the whole conspiracy of 9-11 is the legacy it leaves behind. Because growing up, even in 2008 when I graduated high school, we didn't talk about 9-11. It was just a holiday. What? It was a thing that we, like a moment of silence. There was a reverence, and that was it. Oh, dude, it was it was a moment down of- here, down here, when people outside of you know the rural north, past you know Pennsylvania, most people I've talked to who are from North and South Carolina, Tennessee, and stuff like that, they didn't do shit. No, they didn't have to. No, of course not. It's not affecting. There was like them. a moment of silence for like thirty minutes, and we went outside in seventh grade. Yeah, eighth grade. I don't remember us doing anything. I we only had a moment of silence, but it was like two minutes. Yeah. It was never for both towers. Is kind of how they, you know, they were trying to put it in a poetic way. Yeah. Um, but that was really it down here, at least. Yeah. Then we have the invasion of Iraq, two thousand three. My um, my cousin, the same one I was telling you about, that was in the Marines, was in the invasion of Iraq. He fought in Fallujah. No shit. Um, yeah. I know a couple of guys who were over there uh, when they invaded uh, Saddam's one of his palaces. Yeah. Uh, and they found all the videotapes and nickel plated fucking AKs and shit. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, and 
I, I kind of kind of glanced over this, and I didn't know if I wanted to mention it or not. There was a guy named Kurt Sonnefeld. Have you ever heard of Kurt Sonnefeld? I've heard the name, yes. So Kurt Sonnefeld said he, he was a part of FEMA during 9-11. Um, and at that time, no one had really heard about FEMA until Katrina came years later. <laughs> and that, that goes into another yeah. conspiracy of the FEMA camps, New World Order, and all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just say you hate Jews. Yeah, just... Uh, that's, that's one thing about, uh, I'll say to any conspiracy theorist. If you don't like Jews, just fucking say it. Because you're, you're telling on yourself by just going on these crackpot fucking yeah. theories. Yeah. And it kind of, like, I'd like to break it up. There's that, the show Justified. Have you ever seen it? Yes. Yeah, so there's a point in the first episode where he's talking to his old friend, the hillbilly who still lives in Kentucky. Yeah. And he's a you know, Nazi. And he's a, he's a fucking marshal. You know, the other guy was Marshall. That's right. And he's yeah. talking to his friend in a dilapidated church filled with Nazi memorabilia. <laughs> and they're both sitting together near adjacent from some pews. And he just turns around. He's like, man, do you fucking know any Jews? <laughs> it's just like, it's a, good little, it's a good little thing when people start bringing in the Zionist run government. Or, yeah. Yeah. And, Holocaust and it's like, never have you happened. ever met a Jewish person in your life? Yeah. Nine times out of ten, they'll tell you no. Yeah, and it's just like, they're, no, they're part of the bigger conspiracy of 9-11. And that kind of added to, which I thought was funny, is it's like, okay, so your logic is the Jews caused 9-11. However, <laughs> it was 19 Arab guys. Of the of the Islamic faith that carried it out. Yeah, but you're saying like, because everybody, yeah, knows, everybody like, knows the Jews and Muslims are like tight. Yeah, you know, the history of Israel really spills yeah. that well. Yeah. And that kind of goes into like what the Taliban and Al Qaeda ended up saying why they did it was the occupation of American forces in Muslim countries. Yeah. And actually, uh, one of the other reasons was I, I kind of thought this was odd. I had to read up about it, but Chechnya and how they treated their Muslims was this uh, big support from the United States yes. about driving them out of the, their area. Yes. Which, that is one thing we don't talk about much about the Clinton administration and about the uh, the foreign policy. It was it was very laissez faire. Mm-hmm. Let them deal with their own shit. Yeah, which is a, kind of a conservative viewpoint nowadays. Yes, but, very much. But you use it to gain assets when you do help invade other countries. Um, as of right now, Ukraine Ukraine is using you know American military stuff. Yeah, it's a proxy because we, yeah because we need what they have. Yeah, and they have stuff. Yeah. Uh, they have stuff that we have. We don't have that stuff. We need yeah. that stuff. Yeah, and we need them to kind of put our biggest, one of our second biggest enemy to their knees. So that's a good way to do it's it. It's a power move. In a proxy war, you know, this isn't the first time we've won a proxy war, but not the first time we might lose either. So yeah, the only difference is we're not flying Hueys <laughs> into the fucking <laughs> into the sunflower patch. Of and Kiev. unfortunate sun is no longer a hit. <laughs> no, it's ball with the ball. <laughs> it's, kid fucking, rock. it's kid, kid rock. rock. You know what? I could hear that shit. <laughs> ball with the ball, the bang, the bang. It's the Ukrainians. Yeah, just just an American tanker listening to fucking country grammar by Nelly. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> I hear 50 Cent too, fucking in dun, the club dun, mix. Tsh, dun, dun, tsh, tsh. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> and just slaughtering a whole platoon. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. All the girls getting tips. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, like, do you like which conspiracy do you think kind of holds the biggest truth? Like, holds the biggest water? Is it the lack of government? The government was part of it because, like. Dick Cheney, they were actually the movie Vice kind of covers this because they they stayed in the movie that hey this was an eyewitness account that we pulled this from was Dick Cheney had author because Dick Cheney was still at the White House yeah 
and he said he had authorized the shoot down of any airliner that was still in the air after a certain point and you know as fast as you know canada europe and united states you know grounding that many flights and i remember being very quiet when i got home because i lived near a municipal airport when i grew up a small little 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 uh private jet airport. yeah yeah and they would fly right above my house and i remember like it's really quiet for the next few days here and because you just get so used to the sound yeah kind of like uh sirens and gunshots and shit in the city <laughs> you just get used to it yeah, of course uh, and i'm like man it's you notice the quiet before you notice the noise yes so um, it, it, the quietest moments are always the most tense and i think what what creates the great conspiracy of 9-11 is the uh the sum of parts of how everything was done okay four planes were hijacked three of the targets were hit and the fourth plane may or may not have targeted the white house okay not a big deal those are the facts they were able to ground all planes over the united states within four hours yeah about after four the hours. second tower was hit yeah four hours you're able to ground that many planes that quickly thousands and on, on not just that on 9-11 it was clear skies across the united states yeah not a fucking cloud in the sky not across, a pl- across yeah. the whole united states that adds to the conspiracy you know the, the a victim of circumstance kind of thing uh when we tell stories of conspiracy uh, uh one of my favorite is well why we do why don't we see the wings from the pentagon plane hit because they detach they come off as soon as they hit the ground yeah. People don't realize like that's what a seven fifty seven is designed to do. It, is to break apart and become a human missile canister. Yeah. <laughs> so, it can, so it can roll. Yeah. If it can roll, it can stay in peace. That's why it, it's tube shaped and uh seven forty sevens it's a, a fail safe because if they have to crash land, God mm-hmm. forbid, the rest of the fuselage isn't gonna blow up yeah. with And we all know that every transponder was taken off. So they was so they knew what they were doing on their end they were educated enough to hijack a plane now were they able to do it this way this way this way and i always hear people say oh if i was on that plane i would have kicked his ass you know mark Wahlberg had said that one time he said if i was on one of those planes 9-11 never would happen i'm just like shut the fuck up you would shit your fucking pants yeah. like you know being in that situation i don't think any of us know how we respond I, and you know i think people people could nowadays maybe do it because you know they, they there's something that happened well there's a desensitization to violence too that's always been rude if you watch if you, yeah. you, know, you just glance online people have the are very cavalier on how they want to approach people which is like just shooting them as me to you from your mic you know it's like i can get that close to you and i think that's the one thing that 9-11 had kind of facilitated in the change was people's ideas of oh i could get closer if i wanted to you know, because that's, that's you know, it becomes a, yeah. become a more survival state. Than Very anything. much. Yeah. And I, I feel like really what, what it boils down to is I feel like there was pieces of government that knew what was going on that had some kind of hand in it. But I also think there was other parts of government that were totally oblivious, like how Bush just kind of seemed like in total shock that that even fucking happened. Yeah. And that's another part. I think I don't think George Bush was really involved in the let's say let's say the government did do it. I, b- I don't believe he had any hand. Yeah, we're not, we're not, or is being fed information that had nothing to do with you know a potential attack. Um, a great example of this is 
I was chosen to lead, not to read. Yeah, <laughs> from the census movie. Yeah, it was like it's it's that's in there in the policy of the George Bush. You know, you know he wasn't there to make policy. He was there to represent the Republican Party as just another win. <laughs> Dick Cheney was the greatest American president. <laughs> yeah, but like, and the going into the conspiracy of that kind of adds to, you know, nine eleven. Did did. Dick Cheney orchestrate a you know a false flag attack to take over the United States to hide George Bush. Did he still have his connections as Halliburton? Yeah, yeah. With well, that would make a lot of sense. I mean, well, uh, that's what people don't understand is you know, vice. You know, when you become president, you have to get up. You have to get rid of your business when you become a president. Yeah. To, uh, Jimmy Carter gave up his peanut farm. Yep, that's a fact. Reagan didn't have any businesses. He had businesses later on. He was just an actor before then, and and he was older, so he didn't need it. Of course. Uh, Bill Clinton didn't have any business businesses on on the slack except for the Clinton Foundation, which came up after he got let go, after he became you know non presidential and a former president. So there's a lot of give and take on did it benefit George Bush in a way, and it it benefited. Uh, Dick Cheney more, of course, because Halliburton was the one chosen to go into Iraq, go into Afghanistan, and secure high asset targets such as the poppy fields of northern Afghanistan, mm-hmm. uh, certain oil right districts on the border of uh, Afghanistan. Yep, um, and try to facilitate just another version of Desert Storm because of the belief. Okay, yeah, we can definitely take this down, and you can't because it's not a it's not exactly a metropolitan country. Yeah. And the thing about Afghanistan was the mountains, the caves, the deserts, the fields, and how separated they are from the world itself. Very uh, locked, both in physical form and in cultural form. Yeah, so like you got people who, you got guys who are training even up into 2008, 2010, rolling up on some farmers in Afghanistan. And they're you know, the, like, what the fuck is this? Well, they're, you know, they're just like, I don't know what 9-11 is. Yeah, like, what, what are you doing here? You talk, I didn't know you guys were here. Until right now. Yeah, so there's a lot of cultural shock on that, too. Yeah. Unlike, you know, Vietnam, which is, you know, just a giant S-shaped country who's very close to each other when it comes to cities and villages. Yeah. So and, People talk. And the invasion of two major countries, China and the United States. Yeah, you're going to notice something like yeah. that. But when it comes to the United States, not so much. It's going to be... A lot of inner city stuff, a lot of um, house to house. It, it's uh, the next neighborhood's problem. It's not my problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. Yeah. Um, and going back to the guy, Kurt Seinfeld, I was talking about. Kurt Seinfeld had worked for FEMA, and he had said he had proof that George Bush was part of 9 11 or the Bush administration. And it was a very ballsy thing to say. However, he had fled to Argentina because his wife supposedly killed herself. My God. Uh, he was questioned and then fled the country to a non-extraditional country of Argentina. And now he's wanted for murder of his wife. And Wow. He, uh, there is a rumor that he had something to do with the movie Loof Change when they made like a version two of it. Um, because he had a camera um, after the after the wreckage and had gone in and noticed that hey where the safes were everything was cleaned out holy shit which is not really a i don't see that as a conspiracy more as saving assets if you're if you if you're under if you understand about you know saving assets in september is the end of the quarter 
Yes. Yes, so it is. it's the end of the yes. third quarter, so there's no reason to keep those there yeah, when they, you're going to have another three months of documents in that same safe. Yeah. So that's where I kind of dissolve the conspiracy, just looking at it as, okay, these guys were just being fiscally responsible. And yeah, the they were just out. doing their job, yeah, in other words. Yeah, they had no idea 9-11 was going to happen, you know? That's why I, I, I kind of say I feel like it was certain branches of government. I feel like Dick Cheney might have had certain individuals um, in his pocket, more mm-hmm. or less, that could do stuff off the books. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of like uh, the best way to describe it would be kind of like it i hate to say it this way but it makes sense it's like organized crime mm-hmm. you know you have a boss you have an underboss and then you have captains and Captain then you have team. their crews yeah now the boss calls all the shots tells everybody what the policy is going to be i mean this could work in corporations too mm-hmm. the underboss is going to ring uh, send that message down or just make sure shit on the streets handled yeah. now the capos the captains can choose to listen to them or not um you know, it comes with consequence, but that's if they find out. Yeah. Now, boss might say A, but the underboss takes you aside and goes, don't listen to what he says. He's a fucking idiot. Listen to me, because he's yeah. he's on his way out. And I kind of see that with the Bush administration, because the way Dick Cheney ran everything. Oh, yeah. It was like the body language, too. Even in the both of them, like Cheney always was staring daggers into him, especially when he was addressing the uh, the House of Representatives and uh, the Senate. They, they, he was just looking at him like, what the fuck? Yeah. And... Every time I think of Dick Cheney, I think of uh, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> Why Revenge of the Sith? Do it. I'm just, like, I'm just like, God damn it, that's the same fucking thing. So George Bush is fucking Darth Vader. <laughs> Kinda. That's awesome. Oh my god. I, I wouldn't want. I don't want to go on a binge with that motherfucker. That dude. They party hard in Harvard as a cheerleader. Jesus Christ. That yeah. dude was in the fucking. United Air National Guard of Texas preventing Texas from being attacked by the Viet Cong. Good job, Bush. <laughs> Hell yeah. And he's the only person in his family that has a Texas accent. Yep. <laughs> Not even Jeb's got it. Poor I- Jeb. <laughs> poor Jeb, that poor fucking four-eyed idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he did his best, I think. This <laughs> <laughs> is like, basically prostituting himself for any Donald Trump base fans. You think he went, when he visited his parents, his mom just kind of went, don't worry, honey, you'll always be my little president. Yeah. Is that dumbass here? George, you leave him alone. <laughs> and just look at Barbara Bush and been like, you remember when you got in an argument with a cartoon character named Marge? Huh? <laughs> Do you, you white-haired hunt? Good. I feel like George Bush Sr., just before he passed, was just such an asshole to him, like to Jeb Bush, like sitting at Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, but, but he, he, You're not even half the man your brother is, and he's a fucking half-moron. <laughs> and we'll discuss it on another episode, but the story of George Bush is actually pretty fascinating. Uh, uh, how he came to power skull and bones society type of stuff too not not really that more of hey man you like chicken wings oh shit yeah yeah that's, <laughs> that's, that's more of the george bush experience the the party bush the part yeah that's what jefferson airplane changed their name to the george bush experience <laughs> <laughs> jefferson starship all the way to jefferson's bush <laughs> jefferson's bush <laughs> Move over, uh, Bill Clinton playing saxophone. It's the George Bush experience steamrolling its way through town. And they play punk. <laughs> he does a fuck ton of cocaine. <laughs> We're high on cocaine and chicken wings. Yeah. <laughs> Pops over a cold version of Miller Genuine Draft. <laughs> mm. Shotguns are like yeah, stone shotgun. cold. <laughs> starts, starts saying really fucking weird shit. He's like, you like getting your dick sucked? <laughs> Y'all like got a su- new diet slice? <laughs> <laughs> diet slice, baby. That's all me. I admitted it. <laughs> 
calm down. Just calm down, Drake. <laughs> it helps. It helps. I'm on like six eight balls right now. <laughs> and like, if you talk about it, like that's the bag. Can you imagine? Just let's let's just say there was negligence across the board. Can you imagine being a president and no more than like ten months in? <laughs> <laughs> this happens oh my god yeah like man i just thought i was just gonna ride this fucking wave till i got out i didn't expect all this <laughs> like, you know, he gets inaugurated on january 20th and it's september 11th <laughs> like shit it's like I, I cheney was gonna like run a few things i was gonna go to the ranch you know <laughs> and then bang Patriots win the Super Bowl. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, how do you, what do you? What kind of life you want to live, man? And then the Giants got good. It just didn't make sense. <laughs> well, they had motivation. I mean, <laughs> get the fuck out of the Meadowlands. Um, yeah, so that's just you know that's how I kind of feel about it. I don't feel like there is any conspiracy. I just consider just blatant negligence across the board i feel like it can go both ways that's kind of how yeah. i see it it could either be negligence or there were some people that had a part in it i kind of wish that we had actual information of like a conspiracy to go off of yeah just so we could say like yeah this is what happened that's one thing i noticed the uh, commonality between all of these is that it has the surface level like you hit the tip of the iceberg but once you start going into the water it there's nothing there yeah and everyone's breaking out their own versions like just going back up uh, the military had failed to shoot down those planes, which is kind of odd. Or the military shot them down. It's or like, mili- yeah, you know, the military shot them down. Why did it take so long for the military to shoot down one plane when you had Newport base right there? Yeah. Like, there's so many. And they were able to, like, go out further than New York and loop back around. Yeah. So, and, what the like, fuck is why, that? Why did they not Sprangle, scramble an Air Force? Okay. Maybe it was a lazy day. <laughs> it's like an I, off day. It's a B it's day. An off day. Yeah. They, they <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> they're, they're over there on all the all the soldiers at Rockaway Beach, man, trying to get some get an eight ball. <laughs> I got twenty dollars, man. What can I get for twenty dollars? You get a punch in the fucking nuts. <laughs> get the fuck, fuck out of here. here. <laughs> Spit on them. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, going into like, did did the collapse happen because of demolition, demolition charges? Did the Pentagon really get hit by a seven fifty seven or a missile? Um, was flight 93 shot down was tower seven collapsed due to demolition demolition experts yeah who had cleared the building out to begin with um <laughs> kurt the kurt seinfeld experience uh uh investigation where you kind of just blame not you know pre-knowledge on george bush yeah um and the missiles theory which was they were testing missiles and they had struck prominent targets by accident. That was another one. <laughs> that kind of goes. That kind of reminds me of your uh, the CIA act, or the Secret Service accidentally yeah, killed bump, Kennedy. Bump fired and put, put a round right between his brain. <laughs> oh shit! My bad. Oh man, my, it's my first I'm day. New. I'm new. It's I my first day. Yeah, this is Joe Dirt. Fucking. <laughs> I'm new. I don't know what to do. I'm new. Don't kill me. <laughs> God Jesus da- Christ. God damn it, Rook. This is the last time they're going to send us a fucking desk clerk with an M16. <laughs> God damn it, Bobby. <laughs> but yeah, so like, as like the one we lived through, the conspiracy that's kind of died down nowadays because we're 21 years from 9-11 right now. Wow. Yeah. Going into it, you know. You, yeah. And all the kids born after 9-11, I understand that, you know, are more Gen Z Kids. They're not really. It doesn't. It happened before their time. It's not a topic of conversation to them. Uh, you I'm know, to remember, I'm trying to remember which comic has said it. 
Dave Chappelle had said it. He's like, when I grew up, they watched the Challenger explode in 96. Yeah. And that was just fucking nuts. And his great quote was, you guys are living through not, you guys are living through the Challenger explosion every fucking day because of the information age. Yeah. There's no disaster you're not going to see that's going to impact your life. Because around that time, it was just the news. It was TV. Yeah. That was really it. But like even the news in 86, they're not going to, you're not going to really talk about it. Maybe like the biggest news was, hey, a reactor exploded in fucking Ukraine. Okay. <laughs> that same year. Now, now I'll say 1986 was the best, probably the worst year to be alive in the, in the world. Just because of the discovery of El Nino with climate change. <laughs> the Challenger exploding. Uh, the Star Wars program ending. And the fucking, you know, the missile defense system we use. Of and, course. And... Uh, a Chernobyl. Cherno- well, that's Ukraine. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chernobyl, the Challenger, all this stuff happening at once, and God, God damn it, the fucking Bears won it. Like, <laughs> and you know what? You thing. know what? Top it all off. Metallica released Master of Puppets. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That poor Eddie Munson kid only had a week to learn that shit, and he didn't have internet, he didn't have tabs or anything. He, he just, just fucking... did that shit by ear and sheer force of will, yeah, and probably power. cocaine. He probably had the power of the devil in him. That's what it was. <laughs> Cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> Chrissy, wake up. <laughs> I love that shit. It's fucking hilarious. Oh, my God, dude. Well, I think that's where we're going to end it off. Uh, yep. Do you have any... Uh, I usually do final thoughts, but do you have any final thoughts on the conspiracy that is 9-11? Uh, no, I, I feel like we kind of... We wrapped that up really well right there. Yeah. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. If, like I said, if you're in the Discord, please just shoot us a message. We now have a... Uh, a sub part of the discord uh, committed to this just let us know what you want to hear uh, and we'll do the research and get back with you yeah thanks for listening thank you